0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. So, is there life after death? That's an age-old question. I mean, the ancients debated it. Uh, The pyramids were built because the Egyptians were convinced of it, and they perfected the art of mummification. The ancient tombs in the Mesopotamian region testify to a profound belief that this life is not all there is. But a lot of people think this is all there is. It's amazing to me to see how far some people will go to believe that they not only have control in their life, but even after their death. Take the case of a woman named Lady Anne Grimstone of the 17th century. In a cemetery that is north of King's Cross Station, London, England, is a huge multi-trunk tree that is growing out of Lady Anne's grave. Lady Anne, in her life, believed that there was nothing else except the world that she lived in. Her life was lived to the full. A grand house, she had noble title, wonderful friends, fine dinners, elegant clothes. She enjoyed it all, but she also believed that was it. Sort of you go around once in life, so catch all the gusto you can. So proud was her disdain for the Christian faith that she once remarked to her friends, I shall not continue to live after I die. It is as unlikely as a tree growing out of my body. She went so far as to make a challenge to her friends as she lay dying. If indeed there is life after death, a tree will render asunder my tomb. Defiant even to... Her death, Lady Anne ordered that her corpse be placed in a very strong entombment made of large marble slabs huge for the day for years. Lady Anne and her tomb were all but forgotten, undisturbed until one day a passerby in the cemetery, noticed that the marble stone had slightly moved. The cemetery proprietors repaired the tomb by installing very heavy iron casings around the marble slabs to hold the masonry together. But, as time went on, slowly and steadily a young tree grew until it eventually snapped all of the iron chains around the tomb. The marble masonry of the tomb was cracked open. Today, growing from the very heart of Lady Grimstone's crypt, in the cemetery, the churchyard of St. Peter's in Hereford County, is one of the largest trees in England. There are four trunks that come from one root. The trunks have grown, the iron railings burst, and the marble masonry is cracked and crumbled. Lady Anne's money, Lady Anne's power, and Lady Anne's resolve were all in vain. Indeed, a tree did come from her. Nineteen centuries ago, another tomb was made secure, as secure as people knew how back then. Every precaution was taken that no entrance or exit could be made. A huge stone was placed over the cave where the Nazarene was laid to rest. A seal of the imperial authority of Rome marked the grave and sealed it forever. And even a detachment of Roman soldiers were there to guard the tomb against vandalism. And yet less than 36 hours later, That tomb was found empty by a group of women wanting to pay last respects to their dead master. Their biggest concern was who's going to roll the stone away. It was rolled away. The guards were missing, but even most amazing of all, the body of Jesus was not there. The fact that there was no body in the grave that day is what draws us here on this Easter Sunday and for Christians every Lord's Day. Something happened on this day that we celebrate that changed the history of the world. And no matter who you are, no matter what you think or what you believe about Jesus of Nazareth, the fact that remains is true. After what happened on this morning... In a graveyard outside the city of Jerusalem, everything changed for the world. There is no other religious figure that is more well-known than Jesus of Nazareth. None. No one. Why do you look for the living among the dead, asked a stranger to those women who peered into the tomb trembling with fear. They didn't know how to answer the question. Would you? Would you? How could they? How could they? They were expecting everything to be normal. Right? Well, God played an April Fool's joke on them today. In fact, He played an April Fool's joke on the world. And it's called the resurrection. Everyone thought it was over. I mean, the chief priests were so happy they secured his execution. Pilate, before the entire mob scene, washed his hands of the bloody mess. And soldiers carried out his crucifixion. Barabbas, sure, he thought it was over. He was released. He was a free man. And the women who came to the tomb... even the apostles who were hiding in fear, they all thought it was over. Why do you look for the living among the dead? (laughs) Well, the answer is obvious, because you and I don't go to a cemetery looking for life. We don't. We go to a cemetery to bury our dead, like I did several weeks ago with my dear mother. That's why we go to a cemetery. But not this Sunday. No, on this Sunday, everything changed. Everything changed for those of us who know Jesus as Lord, that we actually can go to a cemetery to bury our dead, but we do not grieve without hope. You see, everything changed because His body was not there. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, He is not here. Behold the place where he lay. He's done exactly what he told you. He is raised from the dead. But nobody understood. It was almost incomprehensible. It was beyond the categories of human understanding. How could they? How can we? And that's why in our wonderful gospel reading that takes place with some disciples going from Jerusalem to Emmaus. The Lord Jesus comes alongside of them, the resurrected Lord, and asks, what are you talking about? And as they tell him, he responds, how foolish you are. How slow of heart to believe all that the Holy Scriptures had spoken of. And beginning with the Scriptures, with Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, he explained to these two all of the Scriptures and their fulfillment in Him. St. Paul would write to the Roman Christians and to us. He said that Christ was put to death for our sins. Hence, we heard in the first reading that Peter said forgiveness of sins is in the name of Jesus. That Jesus was put to death on the cross to take our death. To taste our death. Our sins. So that in His resurrection, He can offer us Not the cup of death, but the cup of life, the chalice of life. You see, death no longer holds fear for those who know Jesus as Lord. There are a lot of people who think that it's over when you die like Lady Anne. She believed, lived, and died that way. But look what happened to her or should I say, to her grave. You see, Christ defeated death. That's what Christians here believe. And that what we also believe is that those who die with Him, Paul would say that you've died with Christ. How did we die? We died in the waters of holy baptism, like we experienced last night, where a brother was baptized into those waters and emerged as one of the family He made the journey from death to life. And Jesus would tell us in John chapter 14 in the Gospel, He says, because I live, you also will live. That's our hope. That's the faith of the church. We don't gather around the teachings of a dead master. But we gather around a living Lord who comes to us in word and in the most blessed meal of all, His very presence, His body and blood, the Lamb of God. During Lent, we looked at the Lord's Prayer. And each of the weeks of Lent, we looked at each of the petitions. This last Good Friday, we had the final petition, Deliver Us From Evil. According to Matthew and Luke, who both record versions of the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught His church ends with that petition. Deliver us from evil. Some Christians, for whatever reason, actually believe that for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory is part of what? The Lord said, it is not. It's not. It comes from the liturgical life of the church in which the church after praying the prayer, then gives praise to God the Father because Jesus has taught us this prayer. When we pray, for Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We're saying, this prayer, Father, that we have been taught by Your Son, everything, everything is in Your control and in Your hands. You are our creator and we are your creatures. You are our king and we are your people. Kingdoms have come and gone, but the kingdom of Christ has endured. There have been powerful men and women throughout history, but where are they now and where are their kingdoms? They died and eventually their power and influence with them. But look at the power of Christ. Just look around. Here we are, gathered on a Sunday morning because of the name of Jesus, because of his resurrection and the glory of human achievements. Hey, I've traveled, I've seen. Wonderful monuments that man has made in the past. And they like crumbling, falling apart, earthquakes destroying them. Yeah, you know, marble monuments like Lady Anne's, well, crumble. And the new achievements we make, well, eventually, you know, they will wear out because there'll be newer ones. I'm sure there's a new iPhone that will be coming, okay? Always, there's something new. What we think is so astounding and so incredible, guess what? In another 50 years, it won't be astounding and incredible. Because time and chance washes it all away throughout history. But look at the glory of Christ. A glory that still draws countless men, women, and children a glory that is so powerful that there are Christians now in in terribly oppressed parts of the world, especially in the Middle East, in Iran and Iraq and in Saudi Arabia and others, who are willing to give their life because of the glory, not of a dead master, but a living Lord. For death no longer has power over them. His glory never tarnishes It's new every morning because He lives. So I close this homily today asking, what does it mean for you and I to gather on this Easter Sunday morning? What does the resurrection of Jesus mean? To my older friends in the congregation here, you've seen much of life Your days, and I know this, I'm with you, just seem to be going faster than ever, don't they? You turn around and, wow, you thought it was two years ago and you realize that was 20. Seriously. Well, no matter how fast your life goes, what I have found, there's two choices you can make as you get older, and I've seen this with, with people. There are some people who grow older and they grow with more regret and more bitterness for what they didn't do and what they didn't have and how they're losing control. And they turn inward. But I've also seen those who, as they have grown older, it's like a wonderful wine. And it grows sweeter and it's, it's smoother because what they do is they rejoice at all the gifts they revel in the grace of God and knowing they are forgiven. That's my prayer and hope for you, my older friends. Grow old in thanksgiving and enjoy for all of the gifts the Lord has given to you. What a statement you make to those who come after you. And for so many of you, my friends, who are still busy either raising families or in your careers. You're facing deadlines and trying to make ends meet. And you have all of the challenges and temptations of a modern age and so many distractions. The resurrection of Jesus means He is with you through it all. Through the challenges and the messes of life the times of wondering and questioning. He is there. Guiding you if you are willing to listen to His Word and to be strengthened in His holy meal. And to you, my younger friends, who have all of your life ahead of you, and us who are on the other end envy you, For all of its excitements and all of its challenges, schooling to endure, well maybe that's not so great, but career paths to choose, wow, goals to be set, relationships to be embraced, all of that, Jesus' resurrection assures you. That he is with you on the journey as he was with those disciples as they made their way on Emmaus. He is always with you, even when you don't realize it. Even when you've, can I say it, turned your back on him? Maybe when you've made wrong choices and mistakes you regret you know what? He is always there for you. Always. No matter where you've gone, no matter what you've done. Because He's promised, never will I leave you, never will I abandon you. And finally, to those among us who do not know Jesus, or who do not know him well. His resurrection is an invitation to you. He says this day in the revelation of John, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and eat with you and you with me. For whatever reason, he finds you here this morning. And even though you may not know Him, He knows you. And these words of the psalmist found in Psalm 95 are for you. If today you hear His voice, do not harden your heart, but open it up. For today Is the day of your salvation. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Indeed. Hallelujah. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.